android form. A human being can have practical immortality. Can you understand what I'm offering mankind? Programming. Different word. But the same old promises made by Genghis Khan, Julius Caesar, Hitler, Ferris, Maltuvas. Can you understand that a human converted to an android can be programmed for the better? Can you imagine how life could be improved if we could do away with jealousy, greed, hate? It can also be improved by eliminating love, tenderness, sentiment. The other side of the coin, Doctor. Program complete. Enter when ready. Robots. Everywhere. In disguise. Robots in disguise. <laughs> Little girls are made of robot machine parts. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh terrible. I could never forget your protocol not found. <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those episodes where it's all over the place. <laughs> it is a little all over the place, isn't it? Yeah. We'll talk about it, but I think it's kind of one of the first ones I didn't... I wasn't really too, like, over the top about. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Risk is our business. That'll be. What happened? Garfield was founded to seek out new life. Well, there it sits. Oh, ah, oh. Ah, 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 ah. Rock and roll. Six. We're not afraid of diversity. We don't persecute it, we embrace it. At least I won't die alone. Join our Federation of Planets. And reach for the stars. Those were the days. Okay, welcome back to another Re-Trek review. This is a podcast where we cover Star Trek weekly, and this week we're covering an episode from the original series, the episode entitled, What Are Little Girls Made Of? It is number seven in release date order, but for us, it's number nine. It originally aired October 20th, 1966. It was written by Robert Blotch. And directed by James Goldstone. So now a little tidbit before we get into the synopsis. Robert Blotch, I think is how to say his name. He is the 1959 horror writer of the novel Psycho. Oh, wow. (laughs) And our director has returned. This is a director from where no man has gone before. So... The synopsis is the Enterprise finds archaeologist Dr. Roger Corby, who has been missing for five years, living underground on a deserted ice planet with a group of sophisticated androids. (laughs) Yeah, Um, he sure was. Oh, yeah, he sure was. (laughs) It was okay. Yeah, it was all right. I I don't know if I was maybe just in the not in the mood last night. I watched it kind of late and I was kind of tired. Uh, I didn't. I don't feel like it went on too long. 
I just feel like there was a lot of the same stuff reiterated like over <laughs> and over and it got kind of old. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, I think it's kind of like the first episode, honestly, that I'm not like it wasn't super like, oh, this was this was a good episode. It was just kind of like it was just kind of there, you know. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't really do anything to like further tell the story, I guess, of like what Star Trek is. Yeah. But there has to be a reason why we watched it, so I was trying to figure out what the reason was for that, mm-hmm. but I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> yeah. Other than they say Chapel for the first time in Star Trek history. <laughs> That's the reason I did it was because there's something that happens in season two of Strange New Worlds. Oh, okay. And obviously oh, Corby comes back. <laughs> it's a thing where it's a thing where you weren't too far off because you know, obviously it's a Kirk Chapel heavy episode, so it's gotta be mm-hmm. one of them. So Okay. All right. Well that makes sense. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet. So that's why we're watching this episode is because of things that have happened in season two okay so the uh two bits of information before we crack into it is uh i read that they that uh, gene roddenberry um i guess apparently the script was really terrible from this guy (laughs) which is sad and uh gene roddenberry literally had to like rewrite the show as they were filming it oh good so Gene Roddenberry's like this guy. There's no way this guy wrote wrote Psycho. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. Which the crazy thing is, is he had just written the Psycho like seven years earlier. Well, everybody, they say everybody's got one good book in them. <laughs> Sounds like that was about that was, that was his. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. All right. So let's get into the teaser. The teaser is the USS Enterprise approaches the planet XO3 to learn the fate of Dr. Roger Corby, a prominent scientist whose last message was sent over five years earlier. Two previous expeditions have failed to uncover any trace of the Corby expedition. Despite the odds, Corby and at least part of his expedition have survived by taking refuge in underground ruins left by the former inhabitants of the planet. Lieutenant Uhura picks up a transmission from Corby on the planet's surface, surprising the Enterprise crew. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they heard his voice, they were like, no, it can't be. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that's like the is just the more and more I see of Christine Chapel in this show, mm-hmm. I'm more like, man, they took a lot of liberties with Chapel yeah. and Strange New Worlds. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I get you want a writer to be a much more fascinating, fleshed out character, which is totally fine. But like some of the stuff, the way she says it and the way she goes about it, like she is just not even Mm-mm. close to the same person. <laughs> no, she's a modern, modern version of this character for sure. in a lot of in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. You know, and I, I, I don't know. I think the Strange New Worlds one is probably better, if I'm oh, being yeah. honest, because she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. She seems more like a person, you know. <laughs> yeah, it peels back this thing where it feels like she doesn't know who Spock is. Like Spock and her are not really Mm-mm. even close to each other, 
And also, yeah. it just feels like she never has done anything ever in her life. No. <laughs> no, she like, well, she failed out of school to to join the Enterprise. And I think she left, he says, like, she left bioengineering to stay to yeah. be aboard a starship. And I'm like, well, she already was aboard a starship. <laughs> and they do say in season one that she's a part of, like, uh, a civilian program. Like, she's not yeah. a member of. So I get it. But. At the same time, it's like, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah, that's true. She's not because yeah. she doesn't want the uniform, really. Right. I just think it's funny that in Strange New World, she's like all over Spock, but like also in the same time frame, she has like a fiance that's missing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Cool. In Strange and New I World, like... she's like, oh yeah, he's dead. Yeah. But, and then she's like, oh, I never, I never lost hope. I never lost hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the great thing is, um, I think Strange New World is like five years, five and a half mm. years from now or ago, um, or close to six years ago. And then they say yeah. in the episode that um, Corby's been missing for five years. So you're like, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. But that stuff always happens when you're yeah. you're doing new stuff and yeah, trying to connect to a fifty plus year old character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like modern audiences are gonna be like, "Oh, that's cool that these characters are in the show," right. and not really be like overly like, "Hey, that's not what happened in hey, right, 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 right. original series episode one." Seasons three that doesn't compute with that. So, don't you see why it's more excellent to just be like it's timeline adjacent? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like really close, but not quite. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, I'd rather see this episode. I'd, I'd rather them, like you, like we were talking about. We've talked about several times. Is let Strange New World play out and do what they what they're doing, do whatever they're doing. And then do another Star Trek the original series type thing and put her on there, put Jess Bush as Chapel and play this episode out again. You know what I mean? It'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. it'd be cool. So Corby requests that Captain Kirk beam down oh. alone, explaining that he has made discoveries that may require an extraordinary decision on Kirk's part. But when he learns Christine Chapel, his former fiance, is aboard, he readily agrees for her to accompany Kirk. Nothing shady going on. No, no, just you. Spock immediately is like, um, that's mm-hmm. unusual. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, he is a scientist, you know, he <laughs> could be things down there. Kirk and Chapel beam down and are met by no one. So Kirk has two security officers beam down as well. One security officer, Rayburn, is instructed to remain at the beam down location while Kirk, Chapel, and the other security officer, Matthews, explores the ancient ruins, searching for Corby. Shortly after they meet Dr. Brown, Dr. Corby's assistant, Matthew falls into a bottomless cavern, leaving Kirk and Chapel alone. Unseen by them, a massive, human like figure moves away further into the cave system. <laughs> Dr. Brown seems somewhat detached and aloof, barely reacting to Matthew's tragic fall. He also seems slow to recognize Chapel. 
Kirk contacts Rayburn at the cave entrance, informing him of Matthew's death and telling him to remain where he is and to tell Spock to put a full security party on standby. But before Rayburn can carry out his, this order, he is attacked by the figure from the caves. Making their way through the winding cavern, Dr. Brown explains that the previous civilization that inhabited XO3 moved underground when their sun went dark. He elaborates that the inhabitants replaced freedom with a, me- with a mechanistic culture and claims that once Dr. Corby is freed from the cavernous environment they are currently in, the discoveries he has made will revolutionize the universe. The group then enters an area furnished with like a living room, which would appear to be the Corby Expedition's living quarters. Inside, they also meet Andrea, a beautiful woman who wears a revealing blue and green jumpsuit. So kind of like right off the bat, it's like it's a classic Star Trek thing where like, oh, this is immediately not what's supposed to be happening. Right. But it's just funny that, you know, he just talked to Corby on the thing and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll meet you down there. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, no, I, I can't. I can't make it. I, I can't make it. it. And then he sends this other guy that they don't even know is there. And he's like, oh, yeah, Colby's detained. It's like, what? I don't understand. And then <laughs> the, guy gets, the guy gets pushed off the cliff. Off, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, what a shame. Table <laughs> shame. Well, let's continue into the cave. And that scene when they're walking, they're yeah. walking like forever. Yeah. Like every time they keep going like through the different doorways and that's when we discovered that the <laughs> icicles, and yeah. then they like walked through another doorway. Yeah, it was like they just. And that's like, why oh. Doctor Corby. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> got to show you how deep into the caverns they are. Oh yeah, they got to let you know. And it also explains why Doctor Corby was just he couldn't make it. It's so far yeah. away. Yeah. Right. And then they're like, "Hey, where is it?" And he's like, "I'm right here, Captain." <laughs> I'm just I was just standing here in the bedroom waiting <laughs> the whole time. But you know what I do appreciate is that I I like that Kirk immediately was not just like, "Oh, this is just this is weird." He was like, "No. Uh, get security down here like immediately." Yeah. And then when the guy fell, he was like, "No. No." Yeah. He was like, "Is it guy? He must have slipped." He's just like, did he slip? Because I don't. And he's like, well, maybe there's something sticking out where he could have landed on or grabbed onto it. He's like, impossible. Yeah, he's dead. Wasted time to even look. Well, let's continue. Let's continue through these caves. And then when he walks away, he's like, says the chat boy, he's like, uh, this is a long term friend that you know. And she's like, yeah. yeah. He's like, mm. oh, yeah, we know each other very well. And he like stared at her for like 10 minutes. He's like, oh. <laughs> searching, searching. <laughs> right, right. Oh, Christine. Very excellent to see you. <laughs> oh, man. So we get yeah. in the series first, not just not just for us, but the first in the show, we get the first red shirt dying. I see that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, hey, that's where the expression came from, I guess. Yep. Nice. And we get a look at Ted Cassidy's character in this scene. 
Now, Ted Cassidy, do you know who he famously played in 1961? Butch Cassidy. No. <laughs> the creepy big guy who was oh, pushing people off the thing. He was Adam's family? Yes. Yeah. You recognized him? He's the butler. He's the, yeah. 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 You he's, rang. You rang. <laughs> yeah, he's Lurch. Right. I knew I recognized him, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I'm glad you recognize him. I recognize him, but I couldn't place him until you literally just like said that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, he makes for a good menacing, even though he's wearing a nice floral like uh, yeah. woman's blouse underneath. It's he's still yeah. he's still scary. He's still terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Every time he would come around the, the thing and he's like He's like hunched over and he's like walking like all <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah, right. Like, oh my god. And he's like yeah. yeah. It's me shampoo. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't I'm not a yeah. fan of this. I gotta tell That's you. not creepy at all. <laughs> I don't like this at all. Oh hell, help, where are you, Captain? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. I've slipped. Okay, Kirk meets Corby, who seems friendly enough, but he insists there be no communication with the ship. That is not acceptable to Kirk, especially since in addition to the death of one crewman, he has also lost contact with another, Rayburn, whom he left at the cave entrance. When Brown threatens Kirk with a laser pistol, there is a brief struggle during which Brown is shot. And it is revealed that he is not human, but a complex android. Meanwhile, the massive android Ruck, the figure from the caves, immobilizes Kirk by picking him up and lifting him up against the wall, preventing <laughs> his escape. I love that. He, he does literally pick up William Shatner like he's a oh, little he, Yeah, he throws him around. It's great. <laughs> so his name was Ruck? Ruck. R-U-K. Yeah. Because okay, I guess... I feel like it changed. I feel like everybody said it differently in the episode. Probably. Probably. I feel like Chapel kept saying rock. <laughs> <laughs> like Dwayne Johnson. And then Yeah. No. He's he's the rock. <laughs> Kirk was like, listen, hey, Rod, I'll tell you this. Yeah. Oh man. I'm sure it's because as as they were filming, they had a Gene Roddenberry was like, I don't know, say this. And then they were like, Oh, but in the script it says this. And he's like, yeah. it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Mm-mm. You're not going by that hack. This <laughs> is <laughs> we get to see oh, the, the appearance of the laser pistol again, which was a cage. That's cool. Cage thing yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I thought was cool too is that in this episode, um, uh, they used like the phaser, like phaser one, oh, like, the, like the top part. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and that thing like disintegrates robots pretty, pretty, pretty good. You know, pretty good. I was thinking of you when he he holds uh, Kirk holds Andrea, and he's like, uh, and he's like working his way to the door, and the brown a- androids like pointing the thing, and then he's like, mm-hmm. and he and he. And he just like dives to the ground and rolls. <laughs> and he's like, ah, and he's like, drop it. <laughs> so in that scene, I I was like, oh my God. Okay, so that's where this like thing comes from. So Ace Ventura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So the first one, right, he's in the the tank. The tank, yeah. Dolphin tank, and he's doing the I can't Captain. He's doing the Scotty thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, that's funny. I I get that. But then in the second movie, remember where they're all they're in the that guy's like uh like study. Yeah. And he's like he's like like rolls over to the door, he's like, hit the lights. Hit him, (laughs) hit the lights now. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my god, that's a Star Trek reference. Yeah. Like as soon as I saw Kirk like rolling around the chairs, (laughs) it's like, oh, that's where that comes from. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hit the lights. <laughs> yeah. I give it to I'll give it to William Shatner though, man, for doing all his own stunts and getting thrown around and stuff. Yeah, you don't, don't care. He got thrown on that bed a couple times pretty pretty good, you know. He certainly did. Even that episode where Spock like hits him across the room. Yeah. When we watch where Spock like hits him and he goes flying over the desk into the wall. <laughs> Like, man, he is he's committed. In another room, Corby has Rock in a near perfect imitation of Kirk's voice send a message to Enterprise uh, through Kirk's communicator, where Spock has been concerned that Kirk's routine check in time had passed. Corby warns Kirk that if he moves or cries out to Spock, Rock will have no choice but to harm him. Kirk informs Spock that everything is fine and to maintain routine contact and signs off. Corby informs Kirk that Ruck has been tending the machinery in the ruins longer than even he could remember. With his help and with the records Corby found, they built Brown. When directly asked by Kirk the fate of his second security officer, Rayburn, Corby informs Kirk that Ruck killed both Rayburn and Matthews. But Corby claims it was expressly against his orders. Corby has Ruck imitate other voices, but grows angry when Ruck imitates Chapel. He orders Ruck never to mock or harm Chapel, and at Kirk's prompting adds that he is to obey all of Chapel's commands. Kirk attempts to once again escape, but Ruck is too fast for him. The hulking android picks him up and throws him across the room like a doll. So you start to see like pretty pretty quickly that like Corby doesn't really have control over these things like he thinks he does. Right, right. He's like, oh no, I don't worry. I I definitely told him not to kill the people, but yeah, he did. He did anyway. He doesn't say kill. He's like, oh yeah, he, they he destroyed them. He destroyed them both. It was like you've been spending too much time with robots down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want you, Captain. <laughs> you shouldn't have come down here with more than two people. <laughs> it's interesting, too, because, you know, you flash forward to Data from Next Generation, and he's an android. And yeah, it's right. like, they're really impressed and, like, kind of caught off guard by pretty much Data. Like, Data, it's like, he's such a new concept. And then you see this episode, and you're like, well, they've already interacted with androids. It's not, he's not really that different. Yeah. And they weren't then really, when you too really surprised by it. Yeah. <laughs> but when you peel back it, it, you look at it, it's like, well, Data isn't like these androids. You know, he's he's different. Well, the crazy thing about these androids is they were created like eons ago. True. True, true, true. Yeah, Rock at least, yeah. Yeah. By the Makers. The Makers built us. 
Yeah. We destroyed the Makers. <laughs> so, like, uh, Robert Block, Blotch, whatever. Um, yeah. He was a big fan of H.P. All... Lovecraft. Uh, ah, yeah. And uh, he refers to the original things that built Ruck as the old ones. Yeah, right. And apparently, I don't know much about it, but apparently that is what H.P. Lovecraft called like the first like extraterrestrial beings to like essentially like bring life either onto Earth or onto something else. They're called like the elder things or the old ones. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's what he's literally when he says that he's literally referencing H.P. Lovecraft. So that's all he brought to the table was Lovecraft. Seems like Lovecraft and like the I would assume like the creepy like stalking stuff like that Ruck is doing like the really creepy. I would assume that that's really what he brought. And then Gene Roddenberry had to go through and like, okay, how do we make all this make sense to start? Yeah, let's make it fit. (laughs) This is not a part of my original vision. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's got nothing to do with my original vision. Where's the android with no clothes? <laughs> that was Gene Rodney. Oh, there she is. <laughs> and don't forget, it's an ice cave, so it's kind of chilly. <laughs> That's why they're so deep. It's so warm and comfortable down there. Yeah. So when when she first shows up, I was like, oh, my God. But then I kind of you kind of realize, too, later that they do this really stupid thing. Yeah, yes. Star, Star Wars, where they they make the stitching like they hem the stitching here like so it like yeah yeah so like all the material kind of like bunches and like peaks to like this like 1940s like old like pointed bra this chapel has it too yeah she does i noticed like her her thing is like hemmed this way that's really weird does this need to be like this like i also like that's the other thing too is like for this time period I was like, I, was like Man, I guess I never, I never noticed how like short the skirts and stuff were for this time period. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, oh, like, yeah, that oh, wasn't that wasn't a thing. Definitely. And uh, you know, but you can't show her belly button. Don't you? Dare. Oh God, no. <laughs> so all of that's covered. She's barely covered on the top, but her belly yeah. button is covered, and it's fine. No, 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 no. You learn about the belly button in sex ed in school. <laughs> Actually, no, at the time period, you didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. That's disgusting. Man. You're going to be really surprised when I get towards the end here what I'm going to say to you. You're going to be really oh. surprised. Good. Corby returns to the main dining room to join Chapel and Andrea. Kirk is being held securely by Rock as Corby begins to reveal more of his plans to Kirk and Chapel. Corby then reveals to them that Andrea, too, is an android and tries to convince a jealous chapel that there is no romantic feelings between him and Andrea. Corby explains that Andrea simply obeys his orders, nothing more. To prove his point, Corby orders Andrea to kiss Kirk, which she does, then to slap him across the face. But Kirk still demands answers if these mechanical things as Kirk dubs the androids, say and do only as Corby programmed, then why did Brown try then why did Brown 
tried to shoot him earlier, and why did Rock murder the two security officers? Kirk says that there are many things he still doesn't understand regarding everything that has been happening. Corby tells the captain that he will answer all of Kirk's questions now. Short time later, Corby leads Chapel to his laboratory where the android duplicator with a human-shaped blank that Rock just locked down mid-torso on the side facing her catches her attention. Corby informs her that this is how an android is made, then orders Andrea to slightly turn the circular turntable-like platform. Chapel is shocked to see on the other side Kirk, naked, unconscious, and locked down by Rock in a similar manner. This is this is the part <laughs> in this episode where I was like kind of checking out a little bit. Yeah. So you just said your last thing you just said was like oh, Chapel was surprised to see two. I was like Chapel was surprised by a lot of things in this episode. Yeah. A yeah. lot of things kept like blowing her mind. It was like so. So I had that reaction when you're reading because when she's like, "Oh, I'm also an android." Chapel was like, "What?" <laughs> it's <was> like, <laughs> "Wow, yeah." <laughs> Didn't put that together after the first time I learned about robots. <laughs> also, at this point, I was already on the assumption that like Kobe was probably a robot as well <laughs> like they're all probably robots it's true <laughs> she was like no <laughs> it's really funny so the other thing in that scene that is like was so funny to me was the like foam the big foam blank <laughs> that they put on the table yeah and then when he's spinning, he's just spinning around and around like faster and faster and faster. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh my god, I got it. I got it. You're like, yes. I mean, I don't get it. I don't <laughs> right? get it because the, there's no... How does the machine... I don't understand how the machine function just spins until it... It's like, what is it doing? It's how, how androids are made, I mean. <laughs> and then again, then again, both the Kirks are there on the table. And he's like, all right, now pick out which one is your captain. And she's like, oh, I can't. They're all identical. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's what he that's what he's been telling you the whole time. Is that like <laughs> the robots are like indistinguishable? <laughs> she's yeah. like, I couldn't possibly choose. There's only <laughs> one that can talk, the other one doesn't even have brain function yet. Right, right. <laughs> now we transfer the memories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god. <laughs> What is wrong with this person? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, it, that, well, you talked about it. But the next thing that happens, too, is like the dinner scene. Oh. And then he's like, oh, I'm a robot. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> why do you, first of all, why do you think he made a blank of Captain Kirk? Obviously, it's to like, you know, have the power of a captain on his side right. to like get on the internet. Anyway. Yeah, I I noticed that you missed you skipped the entire scene of Andrea kissing Kirk and then slapping. Him oh, right okay, away. yes, that's right. <laughs> Thanks for bringing me back that. Now that that was hilarious. That was hilarious when he's Wasn't like that, kiss him, I, and I was like nice. So here's here's where my brain went. I said, oh, I wonder if this is where his shirt's gonna get ripped in this episode. <laughs> I was picturing him being like kiss him. And she kisses him. And he's like, all right, now slap him. 
And he's like, all right, now rip his shirt. <laughs> it, it might as well, right? It might as well. Oh, so good. I know. And then they bring it back later where he like, he like, she kisses him and then she like goes to hit him like immediately after. Like that's her, yeah, her programming like learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, even later on too, where like she comes in the room. And she's like, Cash? Cash? <laughs> like, this episode is off the rails. She's like, no. Oh, is it because you like the other guy? And she's like, no, I was programmed. No. No. I, no. <laughs> Fighting programming. I like, too, how Corby tries to argue. Like, obviously, Chapel in the beginning is, like, jealous that, like, there's a, a woman down there. Yeah. And he's trying to, like, argue it as, like, oh, no, it's all above board. It's all about, like, how realistic these androids can be. Right. And it's like, but why did you have to make, like, a beautiful woman, though? Right. Like, obviously, there's reasons that you did that. But you're like, oh, no, it's just science. <laughs> yeah, she's while she's wearing not... like a bikini and <laughs> yeah, right. She's also not able to read between the lines and be like, "How does he know that if he tells her to kiss, that she'll kid just kiss Kurt?" Yeah, yeah. Okay. This definitely isn't something he tried before, you know. Yeah, it's not like because he he could have been like, "Well, let's see, kiss him," and she'd have been like, "No, I don't want to," <laughs> and then have been like, "Ah, yes, you know." It's just yeah. programming. Just well, programming. the way she kisses Kirk is she seems very familiar with what kissing is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, these androids are super lifelike. Right down to their tongues. I mean, <laughs> I think so anyway. I, I don't know. Don't ask. <laughs> Kiss Kirk. Kiss him. I'll <laughs> <all> be explained. <laughs> I love that when she cuffs him in the face too. It really looks like she hits him too because he's like, "Oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah." That's probably because they had to do that kissing scene like six or seven times. <laughs> so she really wails him, you know. They're like, wow, "Okay, man. Shatner, listen. She's gonna kiss you, but don't really kiss back." And every time yeah, he was listen. kissing back, and they were like, "Stop it! I can't help myself." <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> There's another scene too where he grabs her later, and you can see like when he moves his hand, yeah. there's she has like handprints like on her arms still. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Good he God. Her. He had her. This episode is off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk is then spun around on the platform to be copied while a shocked chapel looks on in confusion. Soon the physical process is completed. Corby says the android is an intact physical rep replica of the real Kirk. Then he explains that he will transfer all of Kirk's memories into the android to make the duplication complete. But Kirk overhears this. And while Corby readies the machine, Kirk mutters to himself, Mind your own business, Mrs. Spock. I'm sick of your half-breed interference, do you hear? He repeats this as the memories are copied. Corby then presents his new android to Champel. How do you do, Miss Champel? Yeah, I like I so I like the Spock thing. I think that was kind of cool. It was like it showed how Yeah. Kirk was still pretty Yeah, he had like enough he, 
Yeah. Like, he kind of figured already, like, what Corby was planning. Like, obviously, why would you make a copy of the Captain if you're not going to use that power, you know? Right. And this is the kind of the first reference in the original series where we get uh, Spock's half-breed. Yeah. At least I think it is, anyway. Um, they. Unless, I mean, say, we're watching stuff out of order. But... Times. They just mentioned that he has, like, a... a, a... And like an Earth parent, like an Earth, his mother is a human. Okay. I think they make mention of it like once or twice, but that's they don't say, you know, obviously they don't say half breed, but yeah, right, right. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like, uh, like you said, when the, when the android comes around and he's he's he pulls up and it's Kirk, it's the android Kirk, and he's like. And he smiles. He's like, hmm, how do you do? <laughs> yeah. I also like, too, like, obviously the robot one has, like, the captain's uniform on, and the real one, like, has the weird blue and green striped <laughs> yeah. suit on. Yeah. But even these, like, really logical robots have no idea <laughs> which one is which. Yeah. And this is the funny thing is, like, like, oh, he was in the, he escaped. I shot him. Oh. You're right. <laughs> Oh, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing that made me me laugh was when Corby's like, "Okay, Captain, I'll tell you all about it now." And then they cut, yeah. and he's the thing he's being loading the foam body onto the thing. It's like, okay, so we all know what happened. They took Kirk to another room, and he said, "We're going to do this to you." Yeah, and then Ruck stripped Kirk naked. Yeah, Kirk obviously isn't going to take his clothes off. <laughs> so, but didn't rip them off because he's wearing the you know the androids wearing them. So they <laughs> politely took off all of his clothes. Wow, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. That's so funny. And then put him down because Kirk's not going to be like, yeah, whatever, Doctor Corby. Let's see what this machine does. Of course, yeah. he's not going to be like that. Right. Chapel was. She was all all on board to see what happened. Yeah, she's like, well, yeah, what's going to, what are you going to do? The whole time, the whole time, she never once was like, hey, let's not, maybe let's not do this. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, now what are they doing? (laughs) Now what are they doing? And, like, they're over here on these little knobs. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is how you make robots. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right, we get it. You like making robots. We love it. But you you didn't explain anything. You haven't explained anything. (laughs) No. Like, then you just electrocute other. Yeah. Then you electrocute the original Kirk, and that's how memories are transferred to the android. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the issue too. Is like right now in this time frame, like of the part of the episode, like I don't even know what his goal is. No, you have no idea. Like, what's he doing? I don't understand. He kind of indicates. He needs more resources. I don't know if it's here. It might not be here. Yeah, um, I remember him saying like, "Oh, I need, I need you to take me to a different planet because I need more robot making pots." Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, well, we're not doing that." And he's like, "Oh, yes, you will." <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. I own you, Captain. Yeah, I can't remember where they say it, but yeah, that's basically what it is. Is he doesn't want. He didn't want a rapport, and he doesn't want them 
He just wants them to basically just be like, oh, okay, sure, and just do whatever he wants them to do. Yeah, he doesn't want anybody on the ship to know about his robots or anything, you know. But we discover later why. So, (laughs) yeah, because his hand got damaged. Yeah. (laughs) After the experiment, Kirk in Starfleet uniform joins Chapel for lunch and asks her if she would obey if she gave if he gave her an order to betray Roger Corby. Chapel says, "Please don't ask me to make that choice." The tone of the conversation causes her to lose her appetite, but she encourages Kirk to eat. With a smile, he informs her that androids don't eat Miss Chapel. <laughs> She had been unknowingly talking to the android Kirk all along. Corby, Kirk, and the real uh, Corby, Ruck, and the real Kirk, who is wearing a blue and green jumpsuit identical to Corby's, enter, and even Kirk is impressed. He quizzes his duplicate on details of his life and family, but the android answers every question perfectly. The duplicate Kirk is sent to the Enterprise to, to secure the command packet from Kirk's quarters containing the ship's itinerary. Corby's plan is to select a colony where he can begin carefully manufacturing android replacements. He believes he can secretly create a superior android civilization, and he plans to prove it. We get another thing, flashback to Strange New Worlds. Real Kirk sits down, and he's like, tell me about Sam. And then he's like, yeah, oh, Samuel Kirk. Only you call him Sam. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> That's not true. Everyone on the ship called him Sam. He had a glorious mustache and did nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Kirk makes a third attempt to escape by choking Corby with a cord from the underside of the chair and running off. As Ruck pursues him, Chapel yells after him, I order you not to harm him. Ruck imitates Chapel's voice in an attempt to lure Kirk out of hiding. But Kirk sees through the ruse and attacks Ruck with a broken off stalassite. In the struggle, Kirk falls and hangs dangerously from the edge of another seemingly bottomless cavern. So all the way to the sound stage floor. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that scene that we liked, right? Captain I, 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 yeah. Are you there? He was leaving too. He was leaving. He was. And then Kirk was like, I bet I could hit him with something really hard. <laughs> yeah. And they immediately came around the corner and just grabbed that big piece of ice. Yeah. Like, oh, no. He grabbed it so hard he f- fell off the side <laughs> of the chasm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Help me, Rock. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> but after rock stares at kirk for a moment as he dangles off the precipice the giant android pulls kirk to safety perhaps in obedience to chapel's order not to harm the captain meanwhile on the enterprise spock is surprised by kirk's unannounced return as he casually strolls past him in a corridor kirk enters uh when spock enters kirk's quarters and tries to inquire about dr corby Kirk snaps at him. Mind your own business, Mr. Spock. I'm sick of your half-breed interference, do you hear? Immediately after this uncharacteristic outburst, Kirk is pleasant again. He returns 
to the planet, leaving a very bewildered Spock behind. Realizing that something is wrong, he forms a security team to prepare to beam down after Kirk has left the ship. And I also really like uh, William Shatner's acting when he gets up to the thing, Kirk, or Spock's like, well, Captain, whoa, like, hey, what are you, like, okay, you're back, like, what's happening, what happened? And he's in the he's in his room and he's opens the safe and he pulls yeah. up the thing and he's like talk Spock's talking to him and he's like, Mind your own business, Spock. He's like, I'm sick of your ass yeah. interference. Do you hear? And then he's like, Hey, so uh everything doing going good up here on the, on the <laughs> Yeah. It was very good, yeah. Spock's like, uh yes. <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, very good. <laughs> All right, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> <laughs> and Spock immediately was like, "Hey, so when Captain Kirk leaves the ship, uh, assemble assemble a force, a, a team. And we're going to the we're going planet side." <laughs> yeah, Captain Kirk would never call me those things. <laughs> I like. I really do like that. That was like his code to be like, "Hey, something's not right." Yeah, basically, be mean and insulting to Spock for absolutely no reason. Right. So the thing I liked is when Ruck reaches down to get Kirk off the thing, Kirk just kind of like, whoop, and he just kind of like, whoops, like easily climbs back up the thing because obviously mm-hmm. you can't just like deadlift a man by his wrist. Like, no, like, you know, even that actor was not that strong mm-hmm. to like lift him that way. So it was really <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't put together in that scene, I didn't put together like why he was saving him in the moment. It seems like he was following Chapel's commands. Yeah, he was because he was mad about it later. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. But in the moment, because 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 that scene doesn't play out that way. Because she says, she says, uh, you know, stop, don't do any, don't chase him, don't hurt him, and he just keeps going. He like looks back and he's like, nah, <laughs> right. So like in that scene, I wasn't expecting him to be like, well, she said not to throw him off the edge of a precipice, so. <laughs> I command you not to harm him. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing that I'm now going to tell you. Okay, good. Here we go. I have a terrible condition known as I like this episode. <laughs> okay. And... Of the original series episodes that I've that are out there, this is my yeah. favorite. Really? Only because you might <laughs> need to talk to somebody. <laughs> uh, Only because to me, if anybody ever asked me, hey, I've never seen the original series episode, what should I watch? I would show them this because it literally has everything that the original series has to offer. Minus uh-huh. McCoy and Scotty. But everything else that's in a Star Trek episode is in this singular episode. Hmm. You have, you know, you have the crazy doctor. Nobody knows what's happening with him. Yeah. Like, that's a thing. Then you have the red shirts dying. You have a mysterious, like, creepy alien thing, which ends up being a robot. Robot, yeah. And you have like the deception, you have Spock like being ahead of the curve and figuring things out and being like intelligent. You have the kissing of a woman, you have Shatner with his 
with his chest he's naked you know what i mean you just like there's literally so much of it you have robots there's just it's it's everything now do yeah. i think it's a well-written episode and a really good story no but i think it's a really great example of what overall if you took all 79 episodes and boiled it down like this would be the mm-hmm. episode to make like if you told if you had ai read the synopsises of every episode except this one like this is what it would produce it would be like oh this is what a star trek episode is like yeah right kirk gets into trouble exactly beam down to a planet something's not the way it seems yeah i guess that, yeah, that's true and maybe that's kind of what took me out of it a little bit too is because it's it is kind of very samey right for like star for star trek it's very like it's very same oh we're going to this planet but it's not as it seems something's different <laughs> something's wrong like exactly. yeah it usually is well, that's all right. I I didn't hate this episode. I just uh... no, 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 no. I I didn't. I wasn't saying it to make you change your opinion. I was just like, no. well, that's good because I won't. I won't change it. Good. I hate. Good. I don't want. To... <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't hate the episode. I, I just it's not my wasn't well, my favorite. Too. Even though this is the one I like the most. I was not going to show it to you originally because there's no point to. But then season two did a thing and I'm like well oh. if you end up watching season two and you get to that point I didn't want to in, for you to say something I'm going to be mm-hmm. like well there is an episode and then have you be like well why didn't I watch it blah 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 you well know? thanks for nothing right <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah that would be like um, that'd be like us skipping episodes of Dragon Ball and then you get to Dragon Ball so you'd be like who's this launch character like why is she, <laughs> why does she True. sneeze and turn into a bad Very guy I don't, I don't get it like oh yeah that was a whole season in right, dragon right. ball <laughs> <laughs> exactly no reason or even something as simple as you being like so is like the dragon ball radar something that like is new like, oh no. <laughs> no 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 back on the planet the real kirk asks andrea to kiss him he hopes to confuse her and scramble her programming by showing her what kissing really is. By taking off his shirt. Yep. <laughs> she gives him the same type of kiss she gave him earlier, a brief, gentle kiss on the lips. After the brief kiss, she half raises her left arm ready to slap him, another repetition from the previous kiss. Kirk stops her from slapping him, grabs her, pulls her in close, and gives her a much longer, much more passionate French kiss. This confuses her since she was not programmed <laughs> to respond to him. Deep down, she enjoyed it, but her circuitry protested. No. No. That ridiculous. Oh, man. He's like, what's the matter? Are you confused? Oh, you're only supposed to like Kobe, huh? Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> oh, did you like it or something? Or oh, what's the matter? <laughs> Can't resist my Captain Charm, huh? Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 yes. Oh, you may be a robot, but you like being kissed, huh? And that's <laughs> this is a perfect example why I enjoy it because they're and literally is... wrote into the episode that Captain Kirk kissing an android is powerful enough to like literally overload it, like. <laughs> it's like... 
it's a thing where I'm like, <laughs> I love Star Trek, and this is this is like I I I it's like a perfect way. I don't yeah. have to make fun of the show. I can just show people this episode and people can just be like, oh, this is yeah. what Star Trek is. And I'll say, this is exactly yep. what Star Trek is. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is all of it. Man, that's funny. Yeah. Andrea leaves and Kirk is then confronted by Rock. Kirk discusses the old ones with Rock. Now he's got to Kirk... kiss this one. <laughs> he should have kissed. He really should have. Kirk learns more about the ancient civilization. They built their machines too well, became fearful of them, and started shutting them off. But survival outweighed programming, and the androids murdered their creators. Goaded by Kirk, Ruck grows angry and realizes that Corby is doing exactly the same thing. He starts to threaten Corby, who is forced to destroy Ruck with a phaser. Meanwhile, Andrea comes across the android Kirk and tries to repeat the romantic advances thinking he is the real Kirk. When the android Kirk refuses, citing it as illogical, Andrea vaporizes him with a phaser. That's the equation! (laughs) I like how Ruck is unfazed by that phaser, too. That was pretty good. Yeah. He's like, remember your programming! And he's like... He just keeps coming. He's like, I'm going to shoot you! He's like... (laughs) Not concerned about apparently it. Apparently, Doctor Corby has it on the highest setting possible because he <laughs> just disappeared. <laughs> Where Brown didn't he? When Kirk shot him, he just like burnt open, burn a hole in him. Yeah, <laughs> that was for the audience, though. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Just like later when Kirk wrestles Corby, and he's like, "Ah, oh, my hand! He tore my skin off. It's my, my hand. robot hand." <laughs> well, here it is. In the scuffle between Kirk and Corby, a section of his skin is torn from the back of Corby's left hand when it catches it on a sliding door. Revealing wires and circuits, Chapel sees to her horror that Corby is an android as well. <laughs> yeah, again, Chapel is so bewildered by something. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love like, yeah, you can fix this! You see this? You can fix it! Fix it! <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> no different than a man setting a broken finger. This can be fixed and healed. I am Roger Corby. Uh, ask me. Ask me. I'll prove it. Ask me to come... Ask me to run a diet. Oh, no. Hmm. Ask me to charge your phone. Oh, God. Mm. <laughs> yeah. mm. Human things. Human things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. mm. Ask me to do basic mathematics. Ah, oh, god dang it. Uh, mm. Human things. Human things. <laughs> yeah. The second that little piece I of skin laughed, peels I off. I laughed out loud. Oh, my God. Yeah, the second that piece of skin peels off of his hand and shows robot parts, he no longer can. He's no longer able to just be seemingly normal like he's just a human and Everything else is only like, I don't. I, uh, I love you. I love you, Christine. I've always loved you. I've always loved you from the time we dad had not found. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Memory erased. <laughs> <laughs> Memory gone. <laughs> Data corrupt. <laughs> he literally. I just wish somebody would go and CGI his <laughs> eyes, like when he goes to talk, and just put the the blue screen oh, like the windows. in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, 
404 error. <laughs> Entry not found. Yeah. So last night I was like in bed. This was like 11 o'clock. I was like just finishing this episode. Yeah. And uh, man. Yeah. When that this scene happened, I I, la- I was laughing out loud like in bed when he was like, no, ask me. Ask me. I'll, I'll, I'll prove it. I'll prove it to you. I'll ask me to compute something. Like, oh, mm, mm, mm. Uh, ask me to. I was like, oh, my God, that is that's really funny. <laughs> it's like really unintentionally funny. Yeah, exactly. Loved it. Corby tries to explain to a shock chapel that while critically injured, he built a perfect body and decanted himself into it. He claims <laughs> that he that he's still the real Roger Corby but is unable to demonstrate any uniquely human qualities. The breakdown of this small segment of Android civilization reveals the pitfalls of Corby's utopian vision. Soon enough, even he realizes this and hands over his phaser in defeat and despair. But Andrea will not relinquish hers, and she confusedly tries to profess her love for Corby. As she kisses him, Corby pulls the trigger of the laser pistol in her hand, destroying them both. So here is the she thing. She sure did. The okay, it's a really weird episode, and it's it's really like it has a lot of bumps in the road. But the mm-hmm. second he gets that thing, the skin peeled off the back of his hand. Yeah, it just takes this wild left turn into mm-hmm. like nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Andrea is like confused about Mm -hmm. Kirk. Like, why wouldn't she recognize that Android Kirk is the jumper? Mm -hmm. And then when they come in, and why does he kill both of them? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. She was literally in the room when they made Kirk's robot and put him in the captain uniform. Exactly. I just don't understand why, and I get it. It's because probably Gene Rodden, the, the script probably was clearly very poorly written, and Gene mm-hmm. was like, "I have no idea how to end this thing, so they're just going to murder themselves for no." Yeah, reason. well, they can't live, right? Because that's the thing; you, they right. they can't go on to live because you know he's just going to yeah. continue to. So it's this thing where, like, the whole time he's he thinks he's on like the scientific breakthrough and he can create androids. But in actuality, what it is right. is he's trying to build like an army, essentially. You right, know, right. yeah, like a perfect civilization. Yeah, I agree. And you're like, oh, that's not good. That's not that's never that that's never good. That's never good for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Spock and his three man security team arrive and come upon Kirk and Chapel. When Spock inquires about Corby's whereabouts. Kirk replies truthfully to his first officer. Dr. Corby was never here. Back (laughs) on the ship, Chapel decides to stay on the Enterprise. Spock then tells Kirk of his dismay over his use of the term half-breed. Kirk replies, I'll remember that, Mr. Spock, the next time I find myself in a similar situation. The Enterprise leaves XO-3's orbit and travels on through space. So the funny thing is, is Kirk comes back down, right? And the, and you think about it, Spock immediately came down too, but it took him forever to go through the caves because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're so far down. So it was like, yeah, right. It was pretty immediate, but it feels like such so much time passed, but not really. Mm-hmm. Probably while the struggle with uh, 
Rook and then Corby and all that stuff. Like Kirk or uh, Spock and his team are like running down the down the like the caves and the, and the keep trying to make their way to his like lab. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I thought about that too because because earlier on they're like. Like, oh, that alarm thing goes off, right? And he's like, oh, someone's in the East Corridor. So he was there the whole time. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so before we jump into your favorite part of the episode, let's have you write a secret word down in the comments. And it will be... Robot kisses. <laughs> Robot kisses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's your favorite part of the episode. Caleb. 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 I said no one will ever tell where it's an exact replication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're continuing right where we left off with no breaks. You would never know. Mind your own business. So, Caleb, who gets the Erica Ortegas Award as being most unlikable? Yeah, I don't like. I don't like Corby. Yeah, he's not. Uh, <laughs> well, the real Roger Corby was not very nice, clearly, but this yeah, one was terrible. He was like, yeah, I like the real one. I don't like the fake ones. Okay, who gets the Elizabeth Cutler Award for being most forgettable? Corby's assistant. Dr. Brown, the guy who gets shot yeah. in the gut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about him. <laughs> That's a good one. Who gets the Trip Tucker Award as being MEP? Lurch. Ruck. Yeah. You like Ruck as the MVP? Ruck. Yeah, Ruck is the MVP. Oh, that, that definitely needs explanation. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Uh, why is he the MVP? I gotta know. I gotta know. You know, because he he sticks to what he believes in. You know, he he um he breaks away from being enslaved by a human. He has to go against his programming, and he stops the uh, he stops the future from repeating itself again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, Kirk kind of lets everything happen to him, so it's true. It's kind of Rock yeah. is kind of the guy. I mean, it's a it's a bullcrap answer, but I I made it sound good. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, what gets the Shran Award then? As the best action sequence, I like anytime that Ruck threw Captain Kirk across the room or onto the bed. That, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like when he's running out, he grabs him and then just like hurls him across the Yeah. Room. Maybe that yeah, first yeah. maybe the first part where he goes to like hit him and he literally like picks him up and like puts him against the wall. But yeah, okay. I like that. I like that part. Okay, what gets the NX award for some sweet shit stuff? I like the clipboard that Kirk has in the in the very beginning. Okay. He it's he gets handed a clipboard uh when he's sitting in the captain's chair talking to Chapel. 
Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's very clearly like uh, a flipboard, but they, they glued some gumdrops on it. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, that's pretty cool. I like that. That is cool. I love stuff that's like practical ship stuff, but also it's 50. So they, like, their idea of the future is like, oh, it's a clipboard, but it's got like buttons on it. <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing anything that like, you know, tablets or, or right, screens, no. like, had no. Not even any clue that like huh. any of that stuff is even real. It just had enough foreknowledge that probably computers will be in your hand and they'll write. Like, about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, communicators were like you know that was a pretty big technology. Yeah. Like talking to somebody in a different place, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they're like, but well, you still have clipboards. <laughs> I mean, I I mean, I use a clipboard at work every day. So mm-hmm. I guess he's he was right. And they have calculators. <laughs> Here's the way of the future. What gets the Porthos Award for being the most cheesiest? It's probably the end, honestly, where she like professes her love to Corby, mm-hmm. and like Corby like kills them both. Like that's pretty over the top. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely the weakest of the scenes. Yeah. It's pretty cheesy. There's a couple scenes I remember. I thought where it, it kind of like keeps panning into people's. I think it's like Indian in a cupboard, right? When like anytime it like pans into somebody's face and they're like, and it like pans to the other person's face and they're like, <laughs> and they just keep like panning back and forth <laughs> with like no dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's always pretty cringy. <laughs> it's very clear the script was going down, and they were like, "Okay, we need more, more time." Yeah, it's called filler. You always make me like finalize. So to finalize, I would I'd pick like the end kiss with Corby. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. What gets the Enterprise Awards being the best scene? I'm gonna give it to uh, the part where Kirk, robot Kirk, goes on board and yells at Spock, but then like immediately just is normal. <laughs> I like that because I, I think Shatner did like a really good job like acting. Yeah, you kind of believe it. Yeah, that hard turn. Then he's just like, "Do you hear?" So, anyways, what's uh, happening on the show? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, so that <laughs> that concludes our review of what our little girls know. So go down to this comment section below and you let us know what you thought of the episode. Was it hard and hard to watch just like it was for us? Um, don't uh, don't worry, I I still like the episode, but that's just because I have I have like Stockholm syndrome when it comes to this episode, so no worries. That's all right. I don't get the ti- I don't get. The, I still don't understand the title of the episode, but I think it's supposed to be calling to Andrea and being like. I mean, at the end of the day, she's kind of the one that brings about the end of everything. She kills the other, destroys the other android Kirk, and then forces Corby to destroy himself. So I think it's like a. I think yeah. it'd be like, what is she made of? She's made of. Sugar and spice and computer parts. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a weak it's a weak title. It's probably the weakest one so far. Yeah, and Naked Time is the second. It's a close second. Yeah, Naked Time is silly. 
Yeah. This one should have been called Naked Time. Definitely should have. <laughs> so next week, we will cover another original series episode. This time, this episode will be the Galileo 7. Excellent. Excellent. Very good tip. So as always, if you like the video, like it. If you dislike it, dislike it. Subscribe so you don't miss a video. Share it with your friends so they can see it and ring that bell for notifications. You can always go over to Caleb's channel. He has some good content on there. Yeah, and I think next uh, next week from when this is put out, our RPG starts. So that will be new on the channel. Must be eight. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> I don't feel good. Mm-mm. I'm sick. <laughs> I can't. I have a broken rib. <laughs> I'm going to do this for a week and a half straight. <laughs> oh, that makes me sick. So, computer and program. See you guys. <laughs> The Retrek Review is a Daystrom Holodeck podcast produced in association with the Plastic Underground Props, hosted by Caleb Stoddard and Will Wilbur, edited by Will Wilbur. Our intro song is by Kaylee Joy Rookledge. Our theme song is by Samo Studios. And our outro song is by Tommy T. Title card art created by Caleb Stoddard. Trophy art created by Adri Wilbur of Love by the Letters. Synopsis and written plot provided by memory-alpha.fandom.com. Star Trek is created by Gene Roddenberry and all official clips and pictures are owned by Paramount Pictures. You can follow us at The Plastic Underground Props and The Daystrom Holodeck on Instagram and on YouTube. Thanks for watching.